AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. much for joining me right here on Tuesday night. It is Tuesday night, Titans. This is July 25th, 2023. I'm your host, JD, from New York. As always, joined by my very good friend and co-host on Tuesday nights, Andrew Baydala. What's going on, man? What's up, brother? How are you? I- I'm good, man. It was, uh, it's one of those days, man. You ever wake up on the wrong side of the bed and it just stays with you the entire day? That was my day today. I just don't do that. Every day is a blessing. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Uh, how to take Listen, a, people have bad days. I get it. I know how to take a long winded nap, much needed nap this afternoon. And we are ready to rock and roll here tonight, man. I know you're excited, brother. We got WrestleMania potentially coming in Minnesota, man. Like anybody wants to come here, but Hey, if the money's hey. right. Hey, listen, what's, what's, what's the weather like in, uh, in April over there? It depends. You either need to bring like a full on parka with snow pants and boots, or you might be able to wear shorts and a t-shirt. It's like, it's craziness here in April. So oh, listen, man, I'm looking forward to it. If that's, uh, if that's something that is going to go down, I'm, I, I may actually, uh, I may actually be there, man. I heard they got some, uh, decent restaurant in, uh, in beer scene up there. I will tell you this, the food and drink situation here in Minnesota yeah. is some untapped gold mines, yes. truthfully. So don't come out here and like all you watch and don't come out here and try and like flood my favorite spots. Now just stay where you are. All right. That's it, man. I'm excited about that. I'm sure uh, a lot of people are excited about that. Uh, I'm going to leave it up to you, bro. What do you want to start off with tonight? The floor is yours to pick the first topic that we're going to dive into tonight. I know we got a lot to get into. It's been a slow week, though, but Mm -hmm. there's some bangers out there. What do you want to talk about? Well, I'll let you uh, go to L.A. night, but I'll lead with this because I know that's what you want to talk about. Yeah. There's been a lot of scuttle and rumor and innuendo on the Internet about Kevin Owens having fractured ribs, right? Yeah. Um, do you legitimately think this is a big deal? Because I've seen the traction it's gotten. Meltzer was reporting it. Sap kind of touched on it. But for me, fractured ribs is a six-week injury that requires no surgery, obviously. all It heals on its own. Um, and I don't remember Kevin Owens wrestling for the past four to five weeks. So I think we're just about at that six weeks if it happened that long ago. And I mean, I just don't think it's a big deal. I think he'll have a tag match at SummerSlam. But what are your thoughts on all this news and headlines about Kevin Owens and his fractured wrist? Yeah, the one the one thing that I am, am really bothered with with this Kevin Owens story is people are, are already calling for Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens to drop the tag team titles. But that might have happened regardless because I think Judgment Day... Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio. They need something to do yeah. at SummerSlam. Yeah. So, and I think they really want to make that group dominant. So if they have Dom holding two championships, which would get mega heat, okay, and have Damian Priest holding both the money in the bank briefcase and the tag titles, okay. I don't know, man. I think that's the route they were gonna go anyway, right? 
I mean, I guess, but that just leads into what I really want to dive into a little bit later on is the, is Judgment Day being overexposed. I mean, now we're, now we're talking about potentially giving them uh, all the championships in WWE. I mean, what the fuck are we doing here, man? I mean, well, R- R- I mean Rhea Ripley's main eventing NXT against Ly- Lyra Valkyria. I mean, is that really necessary, bro? Do you know what they're trying to do? It seems. I don't know this for fact because the only people that would know this would be the people inside of WWE. And me and you are not on the inside of WWE. And anybody who pretends to be on the inside of WWE is just that, pretending. So I'll say this. It seems to me like NXT wants to beat AEW Dynamite and Collision in the ratings week after week. And they're getting freaking close because they're using Raw and SmackDown talent that AEW doesn't have at their disposal. Well, they're, they're already there with Collision. I mean, it's going to be pretty easy to beat Collision on, on a Tuesday night as compared to Saturday. But, I mean, is this, is what, this is what we're really driving to make uh, illogical creative decisions around? Putting NXT think- at, at the position where, yeah, let me, use, let me use all of Judgment Day and potentially overexpose them on, on Tuesday no. night and Monday night and Friday night. I don't. I think the overexposure is a giant ex- exaggeration. I also think it's well overblown. They're hot. They're getting a lot of reactions, they being Judgment Day. And I think the more you can put them on your television, the better. I mean, listen, you know, we might not enjoy some of the things that happen on Raw, SmackDown, or NXT. It might not be for us, but every time Judgment Day is on that screen, I bet you and everybody else sitting in this chat right now, all 865 of you, are watching when Judgment Day is on that screen because every single one of those members are main event players on their own. Dominic's kind of teetering. We'll see, but he's getting crazy reactions, but they're, they're stars in their own right. So overexposure, my ass. Well, I seen, I'd seen something on Twitter earlier this afternoon about uh, the, the quarter breakdown ratings of the Sami Zayn and Dominic Mysterio match. It, it generated a 1.9 rating. And I think it was the highest rating for the entire show in the 18 to uh, 34 demographic. So, I mean, if you're going to go based off those numbers, then I could see why WWE wants Judgment Day on TV. But there is a thing called burnout. Like, I'm already, like, I, I've been watching this shit since I was four years old, bro. I, I know when burnout happens. I mean, I'm burned out doing what I do now on, on a weekly basis. But seeing Judgment Day on TV every single week, three three shows a week, and I don't even really watch NXT regularly anymore like that. I'll catch up with it later in the week. I mean, it is a little too much. But th- then we want to talk about giving them the tag team titles. I mean, you know, to cycle back to that question, who else would we put the tag team titles on if Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn need to lose it to a tag team? I mean, there really isn't anybody. I mean, I feel like I, I think we're all waiting forever for Johnny Gargano to make it back to television. That's the tag team that we want to see. But yeah. and who, who are you going to put him on? In the share? I mean, Judgment Day right. probably makes the best bet. And the thing is, is that, you know, people complain about overexposure this, overexposure that, and it's I'm bored with it. And I, I get it to a certain extent, but we weren't bitching and moaning when Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock were all over our televisions Mondays and Thursdays, and then on a pay-per-view on Saturday or yeah. Sunday. I'm not comparing them to Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. It's just the hot acts. And Judgment Day and The Bloodline are the two hot acts. You're not going to put those tag team championships on, you know, any old Schmendricks. Shout out to everyone watching on Pine Lane. Um, it's not going to happen. It's just not. They're going to put the tag team championships on a group that has meaning. And Imperium right now, they're not feuding with KO and Sammy, even though it looked like they were at a certain time. Now it seems like it's all about Judgment Day, KO, Sammy, and Seth. So, I mean, that's the logical booking decision for WWE. Have the tag team title match. If it happens to go Judgment Day's way, then it goes. But... 
I mean, realistically, the overexposure thing is kind of driving me nuts because realistically, they are driving storylines. And do they need to be on NXT Judgment Day? No, they do not. But clearly, I do believe that WWE is trying to make a statement. And they're also, you got to remember, those TV executives are going to look at just the numbers. They're not going to look at what the main event was and who was on it. They go, oh, shit, this this did six. 647 this did 759 this did 800,000 how much money you want for this yeah. and then all of a sudden it's going to be buying like a bad bad bag of goods truthfully but WWE could also promise them a lot of things that a lot of these other wrestling companies can't hey I could have Seth Rollins show up on a Tuesday night if I want you know well what is this agenda why why is it all of a sudden now you know I used to coin the term AEW effect what why why are we going back to that when when NXT really, I mean, honestly, Nick Khan can say he wants to make it into a legitimate third brand. Everybody knows it's developmental, no matter how many members of Judgment Day you want on the show or how many members of the main roster you want on the show. But what is this narrative now about beating AEW? I mean, beating Collision isn't really all that it's really cracked up to be, Drew. I mean, it's 600,000, 650,000 on a Saturday night on a good night. And when college football comes back in September and when we got the NFL and we got the MLB playoffs happening in October, I mean, Collision is going to get crushed. So why is, they, why, is WWE, why is WWE going to worry about something that is inevitably going to, you know, not draw the ratings on, on a Saturday night? Why, what, what's with the agenda there for? I mean, it's almost like, you know, I get that they're petty, but I mean, it makes WWE look foolish. I don't know if it's pettiness. I just think WWE is absolutely trying to capitalize on the hotness of their product because they're seeing it across the board. Okay. Um, WWE just did 25,000 in Mexico for a two night stint. Um, I mean, that's crazy when you think about it. I mean, yeah. WWE, the international market for both AEW and WWE is absolutely insane. We'll touch on that in a little later, but um, I, I don't think it's pettiness. I also think they're trying to get the demographic that doesn't watch NXT to watch NXT. When you throw the commercials on Monday Night Raw or the ads that are free for WWE, where Dominic Mysterio is going to be defending his United, uh, North American Championship or Rhea Ripley is going to be on NXT, my kid and some other other people who don't watch NXT might be like, you want to know what? I'm going to tune into those guys or girls because they're the hottest thing going today, truthfully. And I listen, I was not comparing so called Steve Austin and the rock to judgment day. I'm just saying those were the people that were all over the APA. All right. We want to use a better comparison and the new age outlaws were on Monday night raw. They had a tag team match on SmackDown the next night. And then we're on a pay-per-view on Sunday. So guys, girls, I get it. But none of these people that you dig in AEW right now, but with the exception of maybe like five or seven people are as over as judgment day. And that's a fact, Jack. Sorry, but that's it. I don't know. I look at it. Uh, you know, I, I can sit here and rag on WWE. I, obviously, I get the the business aspect of it. I, I don't like their I don't like their behavior. I don't like the back and forth. I mean, NXT, you know, and, and AEW being compared again and competition there. They want to beat AEW. Then I mean, it's just it, it's just, it's just beneath. Honestly, it's beneath WWE. Like, what are you doing? Who gives a fuck it what is. AEW is doing? Like, let them do their thing. AEW. I don't. I, I listen. They've they've kind of dug their own grave with that. They mentioned WWE. In almost every fucking thing that they do, that was dating back to the first three years, four years. I mean, we haven't really seen a lot of that lately, so I don't know why we need to go back to that. But if Tony Khan wants to play fucking ball, Tony Khan's going to play ball. You know, he, he's going to be as petty as they come. So you know, who knows what he has up his sleeve this summer? I, I just don't like it. I, I mean, NXT—they're trying to make—and this is what I—I I, I hate, Drew. Everybody knows I, I love black and gold, and now they want to make NXT into something that it already was. So you killed it. Now you want to make it something that it was that Triple H had 
And it's like, okay, you want me to invest my time in this? Like, you had my time. You had my money. You had my interest. You had yep. my love and my, my, my passion and my trust. Now you want me to give you that again because you want to make this a legitimate third brand by kind of cutting corners? Bro, I, I, I find that, the, as a fan, yeah, bro, here, I find that to be offensive. Yeah, here's the thing. I don't care who you put on that show, Re realistically, NXT. I don't care who you put on, unless it's Roman. Um, at this point, I'm not coming back. And all yes. due respect to Sean and everybody else over there, what they've done is basically they took characters that I was invested in with black and gold, right? And then all of a sudden they got to Raw or SmackDown that completely eviscerated those characters. And for me, it was just like, I'm wasting my time here, with the exception of a couple. Shin, yeah. uh, KO. It was, it was a waste of time. I was like, I'm done investing my time into this show. And now they've lost me. But... You know, they'll try and grab some other casuals over there and everything else like that. If I hear, like, the Dominic Mysterio thing, I went back and watched it. That might have been the first time I put on an NXT yeah. match in a very long time. Well, I just don't watch it. Well, AEW Dynamite is far superior than NXT, in my opinion. Well, that's what that was my next line of question. What did you think? I mean, when we talked about that, we talked about it briefly last Tuesday because it legitimately happened while we were live last week, right. last week's show. I mean, now looking back at it, I, I watched it. I thought the match was terrible. I mean, Wesley, you know, Wes, if you, bro, if you can't have a, a good match with Wesley, I don't know what the fuck you're doing there, really. Right. I mean, Wesley is tremendous, but the match itself was garbage. It was all about the ending. They gave him the North American Championship. I find it to be a little bit offensive in that aspect that it's a developmental. You got Dominic Mysterio, who's not good enough to win a main roster title, send him down to the developmental territory on NXT and have him win a title against one of the top guys down there. I mean, how'd you feel about that? I just feel like he kind of fucked over Wesley for absolutely no reason, and now he might not even have a championship match or a Stop match it. on on Sunday at Great American Bash. Stop it! Don't make what? too much make too much out of nothing. Don't, bro. It's, I mean, it's Wesley. Wesley will get his rematch. He'll probably. I know. Beat, I know. He'll probably beat Dominic. And I know. I know you're asking the question just to ask the question. And I get it, and that's what the show's about. But you know more than anybody else here that that championship is going back to an NXT talent uh it's just right now dominic has made that championship more viable more visible to all the audience members now it's not just you know what title it what championship is that that's the nxt north american championship all right where that's nxt what the hell is that so i'm telling you right now there are some people who don't watch nxt at all that watch raw and smackdown it might be you know taboo for some or you're kidding me i'm telling you right now there is a a segment of this audience that has never watched NXT. And what they're doing is they're exposing that championship and Dominic Mysterio and the judgment day to a whole new audience. Is it for us? No, but look at what Matt Cardona is doing with that women's champion, women's tag team championship. I, that's coming up next in our segment. So let's just go there right now. You know, you want to ask the question, why is Matt Cardona parading around with the WWE women's tag team championship all over the independent scene? You know, the answer to that. I know you do. Well, he's he's parading around with it because you know Matt Cardona. <laughs> honestly, the way I, the the first thing that I saw was Matt Cardona's a great husband. Yeah, he wants yeah. he wants his wife to get over. I mean, yeah. he knows those he's probably knows better than anybody. I thought those titles don't mean shit. So exactly. what he what he's doing is is just bringing more visibility to those titles. I get what you're saying about Dominic. He's trying to make that championship means something more in WWE because it means nothing. And his wife is holding that championship, just like you said. Yeah. What he's doing is he's 
putting that championship over without even working for the... And if you don't think that Matt Cardona asked WWE if this was okay, you're crazy. Go watch the Cody documentary and the interview that took place after it. He wants back in WWE, but he wants back in WWE on his terms. Yes, and he should should get that. I mean, he's nobody on the indies has worked harder than Matt Cardona. Nobody. Uh, That's a a completely different story for a different day. But going back to what you said about about Dominic, you know, I I, I feel like... Again, bro, you want... I know you want business side to, to kind of lead the way here and visibility, but the way I see it is, and I've complained about the last two weeks, I mean, you got Dominic, a Monday Night Raw superstar, defending the North American Championship on Friday night. A brand is not even on. Then he goes back to Monday to defend a Tuesday night title on Monday. I mean, where's the fucking brand split? Like, yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's, it's fair to, for me to ask those questions because WWE has not given us any indication about rules changing. I mean, he's on Friday night, and granted, they made a, they made a logical situation of it. Hey, I wanted to show my father what a real champion looks like because his father's on SmackDown, but then he goes and defends the fucking title on Friday night. I mean, what are we doing here? There's no, there's no rhyme or reason to what they're doing here. They're just throwing shit at the wall and hoping that people just bypass the bullshit. That's the one thing that I've never disagreed with you on. I've always said that if we're going to do this brand split, it better be a hard brand split, and we haven't seen it yet, and it kind of sucks. I agree with you. We got people bouncing from left to right to here to there. You know, Dominic Mysterio and Judgment Day were off SmackDown or drafted to Monday Night Raw so that Ray and Dom never had to cross paths. It was too much. They couldn't coexist, blah, 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 blah. And now we see Dominic on Smack. That's the one thing that bothers me. Dominic should never be on SmackDown, ever. Neither should Judgment Day. They want a rough shot NXT. Fine. Fine. That one of their members is holding a championship for that brand. That's fine. But for me, um, I hate that there's no hard brand split. I hate it. Yeah, I I, I look at that and I complain about it uh, quite often. But, you know, uh, it falls on deaf ears most of the time. Uh, I, uh, I have to call that shit out when I see it because they haven't really laid the ground rules for that at all. And they just uh, abuse their own uh, their own draft. But speaking of NXT, uh, Drew, I mean, we talked about Brian Pillman. You know, uh, this week it's a little bit more as far as Brian Pillman kind of inching his way into WWE. Speaking of NXT, uh, it's rumored that he's now finalized a new deal with WWE. The rumor is that he's moving to Orlando. He's going to be working out of the Performance Center, and he will be on NXT television within uh, uh, the next few weeks or so, possibly by the end of the summer. Uh, I know you said that this is a great move. I said that this is a great move. Uh, I know you're not shocked by this, but... Uh, are you shocked at how quickly this is moving along? The question is, you know, what and going back to what WWE is doing with the NXT and their competition against Collision and, and Dynamite, and they want NXT to beat AEW's television shows. I mean, this is where they really should be focusing like this. If, if I'm Shawn Michaels and I'm on trip, if I'm Triple H, I'm taking Brian Pillman Jr. And I'm making this kid into a fucking superstar. And I'm showing, I'm showing the world that Tony Khan and his developmental system and his fucking team don't know how to create superstars because they let yeah. this kid go. That's what I'm Yeah, doing. and you took the words right out of my mouth. Brian Pillman, I'll say this right now, it is July 25th, 2023, is a main event star for NXT. Yeah. 365 days for right now, if not their world champion. Yeah. And it's not because, you know, uh, Brian's been nice to me or my family or anything like that. That has nothing to do with it. I'll call a spade a spade. Brian Pillman Jr. is going to get the mega push because of exactly what you just said. Yeah. They are Triple H and Shawn Michaels are going to say, listen, when you play in our sandbox and you listen to us, we can make you a star and we'll go do it. And we're going to show you how you mismanage talent. Cody Rhodes is more over and more popular now than he ever was. And that's because the WWE machine is behind him. I mean, do we start asking questions as the community start asking questions about, 
AEW's internal system, like letting somebody like this go, they couldn't develop him and get him to where he needs to be. I mean, not only is the community going to look at that, pro wrestlers going over there, bro. People like Brian Pillman Jr. on that level, not completely developed, coming right out of the indies, going to AEW, thinking that they made this big break and they're on the second biggest television show in North America. You know, a lot of people may deter going over there because of the lack of, you know, creativity and the lack of development for their pro wrestlers over there. I mean, it is not only the fans, but the, the wrestlers themselves going to look at that. I mean, is this a topic of discussion that we really need to raise concern about? Well, I think television time for any of the boys and the girls is good television time. And um, whether you're on TBS or TNT or USA or Fox, you need to get that television time. And whoever works for AEW, WWE and gets that, I think they're going to be just fine. Now, the difference between, you know, um, should guys and girls go here or there? I think Cody was the litmus test, and we saw Cody got the red carpet, the blue carpet, and the white carpet rolled out for him. And he is basically the John Cena right now of WWE. And, I mean, he main evented WrestleMania's first year back with the company. And I think a lot of the AW guys and girls were keeping their eye on that. And look what it's done. He's got a documentary. He's got everything. Not, not everyone's going to get that treatment. But if they buried Cody and made him, you know, just a mid-level guy and pushed him down the card. I think a lot of the AEW guys and girls will kind of have some hesitation on going to WWE, but I think there's also going to be the same thing that has always been the stigma with WWE. I could be me here in AEW, right? Yeah. Can I be me in WWE? It seems like we're starting to blend that you can be yourself in WWE, depending on your talent. Not everybody's not everybody's going to get that treatment. Not everybody no. should get that treatment. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's levels to this. I feel like if Cardona goes back over there, he needs to be Matt Cardona. He needs to 100%. be himself. He needs to be what he's created for himself on the Indies because he's put in the work. I mean, you just can't take anybody and say, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm going to the WWE. I wanna I wanna be myself." No, I mean. You know, you're not those types of guys. So, I mean, that, that, that is like a, a fucking finding a needle in a haystack type of shit. Yeah. And with all due respect, like MJF will 100% yes. have to be MJF over yes. there. And I love me some Ricky Starks, but I don't know if Ricky Starks is going to be Ricky Starks over in WWE. I think there might be a little bit of Ricky Starks, but it's going to be with the WWE's creativity thrown into or it. Or Wardlow. Wardlow. I mean, is Wardlow going to yeah, be Wardlow? Right. You know, or Jay right. Cargill going to be Jay Cargill? I mean, th those are maybes. But they haven't put the work in like Cody and Matt Cardona have. Yeah, and here's the thing, right? Uh, Matt Cardona, 100% to your point, needs to come back as Matt Cardona. I, yeah. Zach Ryder, and he said it, is dead. I don't ever want to see Zach Ryder again. Like, he's dead. And I don't think the, the fans want Zach Ryder back, okay? Um, one of the things that I'll say is that, you know, we saw Roosh get re-signed by AEW, and I think that was a good decision, truthfully, yeah. from his camp and from him. Um I think WWE might have put a mask on him, might have made him just this high-flying luchador. Sometimes they don't know what to do. Look at how long it took for them to really understand Shinsuke, and they're still mess tinkering with that. I think that's a perfect example of somebody who could switch brands and revitalize his career is Shinsuke Nakamura. He's getting a lot of time on Raw, which is very valuable. But to me... Oh, it works. Shinsuke it works the other way for sure. WWE yeah. is not perfect with finding no. the right recipe for somebody. I mean, Miro... Yeah, I mean, imagine what we got now with Miro and WWE. I mean, they fucked up on him. They, they dropped the ball on him. Malachi, you know, this is the Malachi or this is the Aleister Black that we should have gotten in WWE. They never really tapped into that. And they were about to do that. And now he did that in AEW. So, I mean, it does go both ways. I mean, WWE doesn't get it right all the time. AEW does. AEW clearly doesn't, didn't get it right with Brian Pillman. They're going to get it right with 
WWE doing LeBron Pillman. So it, it goes back and forth. And that's the thing, you know, sometimes WWE's loss is AEW's gain. Yep. And sometimes AEW's loss is WWE's gain. WWE dropped the ball with a couple of guys. They, you know, they'd switch Daniel Bryan around, you know, Brian Danielson to Daniel Bryan. But realistically, that was still him. Just no hardcoreness, no blood, no this, no that. Daniel Bryan and Brian Danielson, the same guy. Uh, just Brian Danielson's allowed to say the F-bomb and other things on AEW. Yeah. That's it. That's I, it. I, I want to I stick with the Cody thing. I mean, we mentioned yeah. Cody a, a few uh, a few times here. Th there's a couple of things on Cody. Uh, one, I, I was I actually came across this right before we went, went live. I, I did not know that WWE management told him that they didn't want him to go online on Twitter or X now uh, after uh, WrestleMania 39 and lost to Roman Reigns. Uh, apparently, uh, he says, and this was with Sports Illustrated, uh, don't go online I didn't even think to go online. It's such an incredibly busy week that week, so there are many emotions. Uh, I have my family with me. I lost in front of them, which is another level of embarrassment. I didn't even think to go online. Just the fact that they were preparing me or battering down the hatches. This is shaky. People are really frustrated. That surprised me. That really surprised me a lot. We're, we're, I mean, what is he surprised about? I mean, the way the match ended, it really called for him to win the fucking title. But uh, what, what is he surprised about? Why would they tell him not to go online? Well, I think a lot of the guys and girls who are, you know, in the industry, who are workers for WWE and AEW, and I'm talking about the wrestlers, both guys and girls, I don't think they spend a lot of their time after a match or after a, uh, you know, a big event uh, scrolling through Twitter. Maybe Unless when they you're get a narcissist. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right. And the thing is, is that some of them might and some of them might love the support and everything else like that. But realistically, like they knew what was happening. They didn't know that the plans are getting laid out. And realistically, they're either tending to whatever happened in that match or they're going over the match in their head, the aftermath, or they're talking with management or the boys and girls. And they're probably trying to escape everything but getting on the Internet and reading reactions. Now, I think WWE just basically wanted to tell Cody, hey, stay off the Internet. Um which is probably going to make him want to go on the internet more. Cause if somebody tells me, Hey, don't look at this. I'm going to be like, I want to look at that. You understand what I'm saying? Or, or, so, or, or in WWE's mind, Hey, we fucked up. Don't go look at the mistake that we made. Cause everybody's agreeing with you and winning the title. And we, we didn't want that. I mean, it's the same thing. I, that, did that Cody I feel say like that he thought he should have won the championship? Did, did he say that? No, I don't think he did. Oh, I don't think he did either. I'd, I'd be surprised right. if he did say that, but right. I mean, and I, I don't, I don't know. know. I think um, I think Chris Van Vliet does a great job. And yes. I think, um, you know, 
I, I just think that we need to accept what happened and see what they do with it. If, you know, if they continue to not put Cody and Roman together, um, as we get closer to WrestleMania 40, then I think me and you'll have a different discussion on here, yeah. but for right now, I'm going to see where this goes. Um, and we'll have to wait and see. I'm, I'm I, more upset about what they're doing with him now than the loss at WrestleMania. Never mind the loss yeah. at WrestleMania. I forgot about that. I'm worried about what the fuck they're doing with him now. I think that, you know, they're kind of slow playing the stipulation because it's coming. Whatever it is, it's coming. What, it should have been announced yesterday. No, they don't. They don't. The, the building sold. You're going to be watching. I'm going to be watching. They don't have to sell pay-per-views. Like, look, look at AEW. AEW hasn't announced a match for All In. You want to know why that is? Because they have 70,000 seats sold. <laughs> what the hell? I mean, seriously, I know, like, I look at it differently. I'm like, holy shit, maybe I should announce a fucking match with four weeks to go. I mean, no. holy shit. They see where, I mean, we see where we're headed with, with All In. It's MJF and Adam Cole for yes. the world championship. Yes. I mean, that's, that's how they're having the tag team title match before we head to All In. They could have held that match off for All In. They're not. Yep. So for me, it's like, okay. Um, clearly, that's where they're going, and there's some directions they could and cannot go. But that makes you watch the television programming week to week because we want to find out what what's going to lead to the pay per view. And with WWE's case, I mean, Cody and Brock, all you need to say, Cody said he's ending it. You're not going to end it in a regular match. We're either getting a submission match, which in my opinion would be dumb, or we're going to get a bull rope match. They're not going to call it Texas, but you know, I we'll have to see what they do. Um, could be a cage. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, well, uh, I mean, next week, I think, uh, hopefully next week, we'll, we'll get Brock uh, laying down the law sometime on Monday Night Raw. Uh, but sticking with the Cody thing, bro, we have uh, Bray, this Bray Wyatt rumor came out of absolutely nowhere. I, I mean, I, I tell everybody, stop listening to these geeks online that have legitimately zero sources, okay? And you guys know what I mean when I say that. Stop listening to the bullshit. But people picked it up. And, you know, the, the sad thing is, it may not be a legitimate source because it didn't come from... Uh, SRS, it didn't come from Mike Johnson, it didn't come from uh, uh, anybody, really. But the thing is, I could believe it. Because what are we doing with Cody? And I mentioned this to you last week. What are we doing with Cody after Brock? I think the the thing is, he's going to beat Brock. He's going to overcome the adversity. That Monday after SummerSlam, it's either one of two people, bro. It's either Bray Wyatt or Randy Orton. And that's it. There is nobody else. I mean, he's, it needs to be a high-profile match, and those are the two biggest high-profile names that are not named Seth Rollins on Monday Night Raw. What about what about if Drew loses the Intercontinental Championship and we have a feud with Drew and Cody? Interested in that? I, I'd be interested in that, but Drew would have to be heel. I think that's where we're headed. Yeah. But the program with Gunter doesn't scream that. So, I, you know, and that's the other thing. I mean, I think Cody, or excuse me, Gunther and Drew are probably going to have at least two more months, three more months of yeah. this feud because they're just getting started. So realistically, let's throw that out the window. Bray is nowhere near our television. So I'm going to be under the assumption that's not where they're going, but that also could be WWE's play where Cody, you know, slays one dragon in the beast and Brock Lesnar. Now all of a sudden we got this psychopath Bray Wyatt on the horizon, which works. And I think Bray would welcome that feud. Um, and so would Cody, but realistically, I don't know. Uh, could be Randy. Don't know. The thing is, is that we're going to be watching and we'll have to figure it out. And I'm sure we'll critique the hell out of it. But realistically, if they give us something stupid, Cody's going from Brock Lesnar and he's probably going to get that win. If we don't get somebody on that level or next to it, like a Bray, a Randy, Drew, I think it's going to fall flat and they're going to have egg all over their face. 
Well, that's uh, the last thing that Cody Rhodes uh, needs to end up in with the egg on his face because right now I feel like, and I've been very vocal about this, he's got no momentum as far as creativity on television. His promo last night on Monday Night Raw was literally just a rerun of what he's been saying for the last three months. Nothing's new there. You know, it's hard it, to it's, work with. Listen, it's hard to build a program with somebody who has Brock Lesnar's schedule, but everyone's invested. So I understand. But I, to me, it's like, why trot him out again? You didn't need to, right? So to your point, it was a rerun. But the crowd wants to do the whoa and everything else like that, and they want to get Cody Rhodes on television. But my thing is, is that I would have thrown Cody out in the dark match main event, sent the crowd home happy, and we didn't have to see him for a week. Yep. And this week in Houston, this Monday Night Raw in Houston, Brock's back, Cody's back, build it. I don't know, man. We'll see. I just can't wait for it to be over. Uh, stipulation. Uh, I, I listen, I can't wait for it to be over, man. I need something new. Monday Night Raw feels like a rerun. We'll talk about Raw a little bit later. Uh, but the last thing on Cody here, man, I didn't really understand what he meant by this. I just feel like Cody believes that he is better. He's better than what the fans wanted him to be in AEW. And I just mm -hmm. feel like deep down, he, he feels that he is the superhero that pro wrestling needs. And he did not want to go heel. So he said to Sam Roberts that he feels like the end of his AEW run was a little bit too meta. He says, hey, the thing is we want, the thing for you we want is for you to turn heel. So for me to do that, to turn heel, it's by saying verbally out loud, I'm not going to do it, which is, of course, me being heel. It didn't work in a sense because I had a really fun match with Ethan Page where the crowd was just going nuts, and I really love the polarized crowds and the split crowds. I love the polarized split crowds because, obviously, I'm a part of the Cena era of our industry, so I loved it. But it might have been just over the heads of many people. Um yeah, he, he loved the Cena era, but he was a part of that. He did not want to be John Cena in, in that theory. He wanted to be John Cena, who everybody, you know, kind of revered and looked up to. And he, he is basically John Cena for this generation, if you really want to look at it and, and really just kind of boil it down. But, you know, Cody being a heel bro, I was actually kind of embracing that because it would have been the refreshing change he needed on AEW television. I just don't think deep down in his heart he wanted to fully commit to it. So for him to say it was meta, I mean... It was what the fans wanted, and it would have made you, you know, to me, come off the way you needed to on AEW television and maybe get to that, show, that point where you wanted to be a world champion or get that world championship that you didn't get over there. I, I don't know, man. I just feel like he, deep down he didn't want it. It wasn't in his heart. Well, I mean, he could always turn heel in WWE. I don't see that happening anytime soon. I don't know how you do that right now, but there's always a possibility. And I think what he meant by meta is it was behind him. Cause that's what, that's what that means. Like meta yeah. is it's past it's behind me. Um, and I would agree with him. I think Cody turning heel in AEW, if, if it didn't happen a year prior, it should have never happened. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it, that was a very sticky situation there. I, uh, I was actually looking forward to that on, uh, on AEW television, but I found that to be interesting that he, he actually did address that. And, and the funny thing is he, you know, I, I'm, this is why I'm a fan of Cody Rhodes, and I hope that they continue this with, with him and they don't really cha change him at all. He, he did go on to say that I was not allowing this documentary to happen without mentioning All In, the first All In. And, and that's, well, that's the part I'm going to be looking forward to watching when this documentary drops because he, he knows how to tell a story and he knows what the true story is. You can't really leave out pieces. I don't want you to leave out pieces of my story. I don't want you to re, you know revise the story like WWE documentaries do. And they it's yeah. like half half truths. Here's the thing, right? We I'll call a spade a spade. Like I've said a million times, WWE at time has had revisionist history. Yes, and I think if Cody was going to have this documentary 
becoming the American nightmare. We needed the genesis and the origin of that. And that was all in. I mean, he was the American nightmare on the independent circuits and everything else like that. But when he won the NWA, he being Cody, the NWA world championship, that took the American nightmare, Cody Rhodes, to a completely different level. Okay. And that needed to be told. The AEW story needed to be told. It's all told in the documentary. It's two hours and I think like a minute long, two hours and two minutes long. And it is not your prototypical WWE documentary because Cody said, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this the right way. And I don't think he would have let it become produced if it wasn't going to be done the right way. Yeah. You know, they talked about Stardust a lot in this doc, a lot which is crazy because Stardust and Cody Rose, the American nightmare are completely different sides of the spectrum. How much of this documentary do you think makes it to television when he inevitably gets back to Roman Reigns? Cause this is the story that needs to be told when he goes into Roman leaving, <laughs> leaving, not wanting to be there, re reinventing himself, coming back, being the man that he is now. That's the story that you need to tell for Roman Reigns going into WrestleMania 40. How much of this does, how much of this makes it to television? All of it, all of it. Because so. timing is everything. They're letting you digest this. Them being WWE, they're letting you digest this. He's going to have a massive victory over Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. What comes next? And then all of a sudden we're into the fall. And they need, WWE needs, that megastar to carry them for Monday Night Raw in the fall. Monday Night Football's back. Everything is back. You know, Sundays you have football. Saturdays, Fridays, et cetera, et cetera. You need that. And Cody is now, he had his hard time after WrestleMania. He might have a little bit in September and stuff like that, but they're going to need Cody to go off to the races. And they're going to want that character to have, them being WWE, a six to eight month build of just being this guy. Because we're seeing tribal combat at SummerSlam. Yep. And Roman looks shook. They need something else for Roman Reigns, and that's coming in the form of Cody Rhodes, I believe, at WrestleMania 40. You could suck wind with this <laughs> Rock versus Roman stuff for the title. It does nothing. Let that match happen at the Royal Rumble. Truthfully, what does it do? It does nothing. At WrestleMania, bro, honestly, for me, it does nothing for me at WrestleMania now. It should we, have happened last year. We've heard about it for four years now. I'm, do I'm done. Should I'm have done. had it last year. And you should, if that was the way that this was going to happen, should have had it last year. Maybe they wanted to have it last year, and that's why they had Cody and Roman, and that's why they had Roman go over, et cetera, et cetera. But for me, I don't want to see The Rock and Roman at WrestleMania 40 for one reason and one reason only, because we're all invested in that Cody story. So at 40 now, you've had us for two years, essentially, a full 365 now. Give the fans what they want. Give us the ultimate payoff, and I think WWE will. You think he's coming back? I mean, without uh, Hollywood uh, doing its thing. I mean, I heard a rumor today, again, that they keep mentioning Grayson Waller. I don't want to see it. I don't really care for it. Mm -hmm. Grayson Waller may have a, a little segment at SummerSlam like he did at Money in the Bank. Uh, I know he, he kind of mentioned very directly L.A. Knight. Uh, he feels like uh, L.A. Knight could use the Grayson Waller effect to get him over, blah, blah, blah. Do we see Rock coming back anytime soon between now and uh, the end of the year with the Hollywood strike still ongoing? I wouldn't be surprised if you see The Rock show up in Detroit for a one-off. That It's not going to be like um, an impromptu match. If it is, it'll no. be something like we saw at WrestleMania 32 where he rips off his shorts, it's a quick rock bottom, and that gives a little bit of a rub and shine to Grayson Waller. He could say he had a quick match with The Rock. But no, I think the guy to watch at SummerSlam at the segment is LA Knight. I think something there is brewing. Um, 
and they're not them being WWE. We want to talk about should we be patient with LA Knight? I think you might be pleasantly surprised on what his plans are for SummerSlam. I don't have any inside knowledge, but what I'm saying is that he's suspiciously left off this this pay-per-view, this premium live event, and realistically, this is not where LA Knight's going to win the Royal Rumble a month or two later. Like They like to kind of hide that Rumble winner down the card a little bit, or he's hurt, she's hurt, whatever. This isn't it. So for me, I'd be on the lookout to see what LA Knight's role is at, at SummerSlam. Well, what's what's with this deal? We need to have patience. A lot of people in the community need to have patience. I know you, you've been on the patient thing. I mean, you gotta have, you got to wait. It's coming. Mm-hmm. Like, I could throw that right back at you, bro. Like, what the fuck are we waiting for? Like, what are we well, waiting I've, for? All right, let he's, me ask you. Well, he's right? 37 years old. What are we waiting for? It's not his age. Don't do that. I know. I know Don't it's not do his that. age. But, bro, I, I mean, I don't know if this is legit or not. I've seen the top five merch sellers. How many shirts does L.A. Knight have? Two? Three? Uh, well, his new one is, is yellow. Uh, I think All right. It's got well, yellow. He's, he's a top five merch seller. I mean, that's, that's right. got to account for something. Vince looks at that pretty heavy-handedly, I would say. But then the report comes out that he's got bad backstage politicking. He's got a bad attitude, and, and they're bringing up fucking shit that happened back in 2014. I'm sure it was with Bill DeMott. Everybody had a fucking problem with him down at NXT. But... I mean, now you want to bring up old stories and you want to bring up all this now. Meanwhile, and I know you know this, bro. We haven't heard a single story about a bad attitude or bad backstage behavior, even when he was in NXT, when Triple H first unveiled the LNI character on Black and Gold. Like, why is this now coming up? And I said on my on my video that I did on Sunday, is this WWE trying to kind of throw out a bad narrative out there so people change their tunes about LNI? What the fuck are we doing here? Um, I would say that L- to answer your first question, LA Knight is a top merchandise seller. Um, I think LA Knight is getting very good crowd reactions and continuously does that. I think the major story is the bloodline. Um, and also I think they're trying to build Santos Escobar into something more than what he is. Uh, LA Knight is far superior in terms of overness to use the, the business term than Santos is, okay? Santos Escobar is not on the same level in terms of popularity, merch, et cetera, et cetera. And, and before Knight. you get to the point, we love Santos. I think Santos yeah. is fucking incredible. So I have, no pro- I have no problem with him at all. It's just I just found it, the timing to be weird. Huge Santos Escobar yes. fan. I hope Santos defeats Austin Theory at SummerSlam, and I think that him and Ray having that singles match, Santos Escobar and Ray having that singles match uh, on SmackDown is a nice little nod to uh, WWE and Ray saying he's the future in terms of the, you know, luchador style, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, I dig it. Um, I think LA Knight, everyone needs to have patience with LA Knight because realistically, um, you know, we want to talk about the rise. If you go back and look at the rise of all of these guys and girls, Stone Cold Steve Austin, again, not comparing the two. It's just an example. Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, was off to the races after his King of the Ring match, which he wasn't even supposed to win. Okay, it just happened because of the uh, curtain call with Triple H and the click. So it took Stone Cold Steve Austin from King of the Ring, 96. Stone Cold Steve Austin was not in the main event of WrestleMania in 97. He he was in a high-profile match with Bret the Hitman Hart, um, and he was uh, the Well, he did win the Royal Rumble. Right, kind of the de facto winner of the Royal Rumble, even though, you know. But what I'm saying is, like, that rise takes a little time. And I think everyone is just so impatient nowadays. Now, I, I, I'm i sure if we had Twitter in 96, 97, people would be saying the same thing about Steve Austin. This guy's white hot, blah, 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 blah. 
you just give it a little time. Let's see what happens. I mean, is he going anywhere? Like if he has a big segment at SummerSlam, let's say it involves the undertaker or LA Knight involves the undertaker, or it involves, I don't know, Steve Austin, I, whomever, I don't know. It's obviously going to be a legend of some sort, or maybe, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. I think we just need to have a little bit of patience. Maybe he wins the U S championship. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he wins the Royal rumble. Maybe he doesn't. But they're I, not going to be able to ignore this forever. I maybe. posted a clip on Twitter uh, the, the next morning after Friday uh, on Saturday morning. And I, I did not like that SmackDown episode. Uh, I mean, the way WWE went about it, I get what you're saying about Santos. And I think you're actually correct in, in your assessment about Rey Mysterio telling WWE management, Hey, this is, this is your next Latino star. I don't care who else you got. This is him right now. You you invest in time, the time in Santos Escobar. The thing is that they gave us Santos Escobar and Austin Theory on on Friday night. Meanwhile, I'm looking at this head on, and I'm like, all right, Santos won his Fatal 4-Way a week ago, and the Fatal 4-Way, to win the Fatal 4-Way, you wrestle the winner of the other Fatal 4-Way to get, to get a match the following week, right? What are, what are you doing giving me Austin Theory versus Santos Escobar now? So he, beat, he beats Austin Theory, Drew, and now he's the number one contender for the United States Championship de facto, and now he's wrestling Rey Mysterio on Friday to, to wrestle Austin Theory when he just beat when he just beat Austin Theory. So what are we doing yeah. there? It's like they kind of made they kind of really fucked it up on Friday, and that's why I said, well, why didn't we just go with LA Knight if this is what you wanted to do? Why did Santos win his Fatal Four if this is the direction that you wanted to go in? It, it's almost as if they didn't it didn't make it past quality control. Yeah, and to me that was another thing where I was like, "What the hell are we doing here?" We've seen it a lot over in AEW, and we've seen it a ton here in WWE. It just makes no sense. Like if that's, and I've always said this, I don't like these championship eliminator bullshit. I don't like the championship contender bullshit that WWE does. Why do I want to see your champion take an L to a challenger in a non-title match so that that challenger can get a title opportunity at a premium live event? That makes no sense to me. Yeah. He wins one of the fatal four ways. He being Santos, Ray wins the other one. Those two have a match. And then the winner gets Austin theory. They should never touch unless it's a tag match before then. I know it's the old school mentality, but sometimes keep it simple, stupid. What are we doing all this convoluted bullshit for? I don't get it. WWE. I know they've, th this has been a narrative for years. They want, they want a Latino superstar. They want to make, uh, you know, the next Rey Mysterio. They need that demographic on Friday night. I get it. But the way I look at it is if you're talking about LA Knight. Now, if you put him in a situation with Grayson Waller, I mean, how is that going to compare to LA Knight? Maybe winning this fatal four way, maybe beating, you know, the winner of the other fatal four way, getting a shot at Austin theory at SummerSlam. Don't you think that with the SummerSlam card right now, you got Roman and Jay, you got Cody and Brock. There really isn't anything else on that show that's going to blow you away. You couldn't give this guy a part of the show, Drew. I just think it, feel, it feels like they didn't want him to be a part of the show because, and, and this may be true, this may not be true. I just feel like WWE tends to punish people that get over organically on their own. I, I, I truly believe that narrative. And, and then I, I think about it and I'm like, isn't SummerSlam better off with LA Knight and a top priority feud for the United States Championship? It's going to fly under the radar. It's not going to be the biggest thing that happens on the show. But my God, man, people are going to be talking about that going into, you know, the rest of the show, going into Monday, going into Friday. It, it, it would have been a great moment. And they just kind of left you hanging your head on Friday. Like, why? Like, I feel like LA Knight at SummerSlam in that role would have been a better SummerSlam. I felt like we all thought that's where we were headed um, in terms of a match for LA Knight. But maybe something else is being presented to LA Knight that both management and LA Knight 
really dig and it could help his ascension. Um, but I would agree with you. Um, a lot of times we have seen where you get over organically, WWE is like, nope, not on my watch. Yeah. And I don't know if that's WWE or it just was Vince McMahon, truthfully. So, you know, you want to get over, it's going to be on my terms and I'll make the decision. I don't care what these people want. I'll tell them what they want. So I get it, but I think that has passed a little bit. I don't think this is them being like, hey, LA Knight's not getting over at my expense. Um, you know, we'll make him over when we say he's over. I don't think that's it. I think they have such tunnel vision right now on what's working. And the same could be said for AEW. The bloodline implosion is the sole focus on SmackDown with a little bit of Grayson Waller thrown in here. I mean, where the hell is Edge? Okay. And a little bit of the tag team division with Pretty Deadly and all this other stuff. They're making Santos a star. LA's a, LA Knight's a star as well. Grayson's on his rise. Let things happen. I think they're keeping LA Knight a little hidden because realistically, after this bloodline stuff implodes, okay, Jay and Roman have their match. Roman's going away, right? And they got to book two more months of television and premium live events until Roman returns. That's yeah, you mentioned opinion. last week that you don't think Roman's going to be a payback. It's going to be Solo and Jay. If Roman's not on, pay- if Roman's not on payback, Cody is going to be on payback for sure because they got to sell that that place oh, yeah. out. And then th- it also goes back to what we talked about. What is Cody doing at the SummerSlam? It's going to be a major name. And here's the thing, you know, just a thought. Cody, if if, if Pallor wins that World Heavyweight Championship at SummerSlam. I would not be surprised if we get a rematch at payback and priest cashes in. And then we could have priest versus Cody at fast lane. Cause again, they're going to have to sell tickets. Like you said, and Roman's off. And I can tell you this right now. Here's your one F bomb. There is no fucking way that Roman reigns is working payback and fast lane. No, sorry, Pittsburgh and Indianapolis, but he's going to take some time off. Yeah. Just what it is. Yeah. I mean, that's just, uh, that goes without saying. I mean, we, we've, we've been through this for three years now. I, I, I don't doubt that at all. Speaking of Roman, bro, I know you're a big uh, analytical guy. SummerSlam moved several tickets because of the announcement of tribal combat on Friday night. And they are looking at, I believe, 3,200 in the aftermarket. And SummerSlam is basically sold out with uh, what happened after Friday night. On SmackDown with Roman Reigns and Jay Uso, uh, I know you're not surprised by this, but uh, 45,000 tickets they've topped. They're moving pretty good, says Melter. And right now they are looking at 45,420 to be exact, with 2,281 left, uh, with the setup of 47,700. 3,200 tickets still available for resale. Uh, all those are going to be gone by uh, by August 5th. Uh, yeah, and um, I'll say this. I was have been trying to acquire more tickets for SummerSlam, et cetera, et cetera. And it was, it's just impossible. Um, they have done such a good job. WWE it's, it's across the board. Um, they have done a good job of selling their stuff out. It's crazy. The raw in Houston, you can't get a ticket right now through the primary. Everything is secondary. Um, and Detroit is going to be probably close to 50,000 people. And they opened up the entire upper bowl which is wild for a football stadium. That's not SummerSlam or that not WrestleMania. That's a SummerSlam to sell this many tickets is a testament to just how hot the business is. And the same goes to be said for AW. I'm looking at the mapping right now. I mean, there's a couple lower level seats here for WWE SummerSlam, some junk rings, uh, not ring size, but floor, but the same thing goes for AEW. man. They're selling 77,000 WWE selling 50,000 international markets through the roof. Business is just booming. Um, and realistically, SummerSlam in Detroit, it's not 
no offense. I live in Minnesota. It's not a desirable destination. So good for them. Um, but yeah, I, you know, the business is just off to the races in terms of live event ticketing sales. And truthfully, that was not the case 365 days ago. No, no. And a lot of this has to do with, with Roman. A lot of this has to do with Cody, you know, not all of WWE television is hot. It may be a hot ticket, but not all of WWE television is hot. I mean, you get the vibe that, you know, things are kind of tame and the Monday Night Raw last night felt like a rerun. SmackDown really isn't hitting like it used to like three, four months ago before WrestleMania. But the thing is, you know, what's bringing the people out to these shows and wanting to spend money on these shows is because they want to be a part of history. And it's like you're watching and a lot of these fucking kids on social media now, they, they use the term cinema. It's, mm. it's legitimately you're watching something play out that you're never... You may never see it again. I mean, before we see it again, it's going to take fucking many, many, many years. But you're a part of history. And people wanting to pay money to sit there live in person to see something play out like this, the story that's being played out with the bloodline. You know, I always mention long-term booking, bro. I mean, I, I can't stress how important a, a long-term story is to professional wrestling or anything for that matter. And I wish more people in the wrestling industry would get on board with that. I mean, this is what's driving the ticket sales, man, the story week to week with the bloodline. You can't tell me that that I'm not I'm not right there. No, you, know? you are, and I think Cody Rhodes and some other uh, factors on Monday Night Raw are a huge reason why Raw and SmackDown are selling out as well. SmackDown being the bloodline and Roman Reigns. Um, but I will say this: SummerSlam last year, all you knuckleheads in the chat, they had a terrible, terrible time selling Nashville. It was awful. And now well, the cards suck too, honestly. I mean, let's be well, real. Yeah, but it's still, you know, WWE touts as the largest party of the summer, blah, blah, blah. It's their second thing for wrestling, you know, their second largest event for WrestleMania. Um, but guys, girls, I don't know what you're missing here. Detroit, Michigan is not a desirable destination. It's not. And it's it's a product. It London is desirable. It's also a hike for a lot of the states fans, but that market over in London in the United Kingdom is untapped potential. And we yeah. saw it with money in the bank. The pro wrestling scene is extremely hot there. And now you're seeing with all in. So, I mean, listen, I, the bloodline judgment day, Cody Rhodes, they are a massive draw and it's showing and it's reflecting in ticket sales. Just to cycle back before we get into the, the, the weekly shows here, I'm thinking about what you're talking about with L.A. Knight, Grayson Waller, and all this shit. I know Grayson Waller's calling out Dwayne on, on social media, mm. and everybody compares L.A. Knight to uh, Stone Cold and The Rock. I mean, do we get all four of these guys in a segment at SummerSlam? Is it a possibility? Man, I think that's like a WrestleMania moment. I but mean, I mean, so still, I mean, it's the biggest party of the summer. No, well, you can't have a fucking party without Dwayne Johnson and Stone Cold Steve Austin. I, you know, um, <laughs> I think that you could easily see Taker and, and Rock at SummerSlam. Uh, I could see that. Um, Steve has been very, Steve Austin has been very particular on what he does because it's got to make sense. Steve Austin has like the same mentality as a lot of the old school boys and girls, and 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 a lot of the you know analysts who view this product like, does this make sense? Okay, and where do we go from here? I'm just not going to show up anymore. Stun people, drink beer, and split. Like he, I think he's done with that. Yeah. Show. He has yeah. no more beer to promote. I mean, they promoted all of his beer, right? He needs a new beer. No, he's he got a, he's got an American Lager and IPA, right? He's got what is he? No, got? he's got a double IPA now too. Oh, really? That's not that's totally not up my alley, but uh, good for him, I guess. The American Lager is the truth. I love that. Eh, it's not it's not bad. I like that one better than the IPA, but uh, yeah, I could see that. Very interested in seeing something there uh, with uh, Stone Cold. Yeah, speaking of interesting, let me get your take on this. Orange Cassidy is now has a producer role in AEW. What are your thoughts on that? 
Uh, I'm not surprised. Not surprised. Uh, Tony Khan is a uh, huge OC guy. And listen, man, Orange Cassidy's how old is Orange Cassidy? Was he 36, 37 years old? He's not young. He looks yeah, young. No. But he's 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 there. He's up there. He's the he's LA Knight, Cody Age. Um listen, man, he's got a lot of miles on that body. He's got a lot of years in the industry. I mean, to me, Orange Cassidy's a great fucking wrestler, man. He really is a great wrestler. I think he's got great in-ring psychology. I think he he's just very good at what he does. You can sit there and fucking clip the goddamn show all you want. I don't give a shit who you show it to. I think Orange Cassidy's a great wrestler. Uh, you might not like the gimmick, but he's got a gimmick, and it works. What did you used to watch back in the day? What did we used to watch back in the day? A lot of character-heavy wrestlers. So what is the big deal? And he churns out he churns out banger after banger. So, uh, bro, he's got a lot of miles on that body. I think he knows a thing or two. I'm not surprised by that. I actually like it. Yeah, I'm not surprised by it at all either. I, when I first saw the Orange Cassidy gimmick on AEW, I was like, what the f- Here's two. What the fuck am I watching? Yeah. Seriously. I was like, what is this? And Jericho said the same thing. I think a lot of other people said the same thing. And now I'm like, man, this is the most entertaining shit. One of the most entertaining stuff shit on AEW. And to me, it was just like, why not have that brilliant mind work as a producer to help other guys and girls get over? So, I mean, when you're working with Dean Malenko and, and the, and Arn Anderson and Dustin Rhodes, I mean, you're talking about three legends, you know? So these, these, AEW has a really good nucleus of agents and producers, and I think that they could really hit some home runs if uh, if the boss man would listen to everything that they have to say. And I'm not sure he is or he isn't. I'm just saying if you have that type of uh, talent in your producer roles, I would listen to him yeah. heavily. Now, I'm sure he's got his ear down to the ground, too, on what's happening on the indies, what's hot, what's not. You know, someone like that could be a great asset to Tony Khan. And I know you mentioned, you know, the WWE product at times, Drew, t- taking uh, a turn and kind of aiming at that, the little kids and the children. You know, Tony Khan's got that in Orange Cassidy. You can see why 100%. he's on TV every single week. How many cosplays do you see on AEW television? How many fucking kids in the front row doing the little Orange Cassidy, you know, uh, you know, hand bump? I, I mean, it's, it is what it is. I mean, that's why he's on TV. One of the reasons why he's on TV, and Tony Khan does not neglect that. No, he doesn't. And there's the little things that that they do with Cassidy's production, like the lame fireworks and stuff like that. Even the graphics on the screen, bro. I mean, it's it's just perfect. Yeah. Orange Cassidy, much to his own credit, is a testament to making something that a lot of people don't understand work and fall in love with. And I wish him nothing but the best. And I think the producer role for him is exactly uh, where he should be it's, and still wrestling because he's still very, very talented. It's like Orange Cassidy is like a, a wrestling version of Seinfeld. It's like a show yeah. about nothing. He's a re- yeah. he's nothing. Like he's just yeah. he's just a lazy sack of shit, and it works. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know why, all the hate, man. It's just very, very disheartening to see online. Like, what are you guys actually watching, man? Seriously, you know what? And this goes both ways. Like, um, if Orange Cassidy was an AW or WWE, people would just jump all over it. They would love it. Ah, oh, good, what great character. Brilliant. Yeah. By cinema. By yeah. WWE. <laughs> cinema. And now it's because it's AEW, you get these cretins who are like, oh, you know, this thing sucks. It makes no sense. Blah, 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 blah. Just like you get, I saw you, you know, touch this, on this. Yeah, go ahead. You'll segue because I know what you're thinking. Go ahead. Yeah. A, you know, MJF and Adam Cole, they did their <laughs> dance off and stuff like that. And people were up in arms about it. What am I watching and stuff like that? Uh, they're expanding their audience. What they're doing is showing you the range of entertainment. It doesn't need to be 
wrestle, 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 five star, five star, five star, five star, every single segment. It doesn't need to be serious every segment. You know what AEW needs to have less of? Blood. Yeah. You know what WWE needs to have a little bit more of? Violence. Wrestling. Violence. Yes. Yeah. When we see, here's the perfect example. When we see blood in WWE, everybody stops and they're like, oh shit, what's happening? Is yeah. this real? Yeah. He blade. Was this the hard way, et cetera, et cetera? Ooh, this is a little wrinkle to this story. Ooh, this is a great added to this match. We see blood in AEW, and we're like, ha, been there. Light yourself on fire, dummy. Never seen that one before because I've, I'm done with the blood. Look at those bloodthirsty animals in Boston. These guys were throwing glass, thumbtacks, nails, and they're like, we want tables. I was like, are you guys, here's three. Never mind fucking-, fucking tables, bro. They were chanting, we want fire. Yeah, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I was like, what is wrong with these people? But to that, my original point, AW shows you entertainment, and you guys are oh, crapping on it. What the hell is this? WWE, oh, this is bullshit, blah, 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 blah. The WWE fan. Bro, I was the fucking, I was public enemy number one, bro. People were screenshotting my shit because I, I first of all, I'm a huge MJF mark. I'm mm-hmm. a huge Adam Cole mark, and I love the dance. The, the, everybody was like, well, if this was a WWE television, you would have shit all over it. Yes, but 98% of the people that do this on WWE television are not MJF and Adam Cole and not are and not are or not as entertaining. So the thing is, people were comparing Asuka and people were comparing uh, fucking Tozawa and all truth. I'm like, what are you guys mental? Like, what are you watching? Yeah. They do it week after week after week. Like I said, I understand that it's World Wrestling Entertainment, and there are some things that are very entertaining. But when you see the same stuff week after week, just like the blood in AEW, it falls on deaf ears. AEW is expanding their audience or trying to with this type of stuff, and I think it's good for them. Just like when WWE does blood every once in a while or gets a little bit edgier, it's good for them too. Both companies are not going to have, you know... I had to Go mute ahead. hypocrisy, bro. The word hypocrisy on Twitter. People are like, well, if this, you'd never see Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa do this. I'm like, no shit, idiot. Dummy. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, Solo why would barely Roman speaks. Reigns, why would Roman Reigns break into a fucking dance contest in the middle of a championship match? I mean, right. what, are you, what are you watching? Yeah, WWE had Brodus Clay shaking his ass every week, and I thought it was entertaining until it started to, like, really... Bro, never mind Brodus Clay. Rikishi did it with fucking Too Cool every single week. I love that. I thought that was great, but it fit their character. Yeah, me and my cousins, we were like 13, 14 years old. We do the whole too cool thing. I mean, give me a break. Come on. Like, stop it. If it works, it works. And the MJF and Adam Cole stuff works. John Moxley, no offense, bleeding every week. I, It's like, okay, got it. This is the last week you're going to see MJF acting like a babyface. I mean, if, if this is where it's going, right? So how long are you going to get MJF acting like this? People are thinking like, well, oh, he's your world champion. He should act like a world champion. I mean, can't take three weeks of fucking... You know, over the top, fucking silly comedy in a in a bromance type storyline. I mean, what? come God on, God forbid he do- God forbid he shows his range. Both of them. I mean, God forbid they do that. You know what? How dare you show your entertainment value on AEW? If you don't come out here and give me the ninety one Tiger Driver, whatever the fuck it's called, that's for you're done. <laughs> I mean, like guys, like what? I don't understand. You all cry these people, for more of this, and then they give it bro, to you. Are gonna, when MJF jumps ship, they'll be like, ha, 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 we got MJF. I'm like, yeah, you got the guy that was dancing with Adam Cole in a fucking tag team match with Danny Garcia and Sammy Guevara. Now what are you going to say? You'll be the first and, people to tell me, you know, MJF is better off over in WWE. This is what he's setting himself up for. This is an audition for sports entertainment, bro. He's showing you exactly what he's going to be doing over there and the versatility of who he is. 
Hip- hypocrisy, so. man. I had to mute it. I couldn't. I, I can't stand it. I can't I stand social so. media. Either. I think the MJF stuff is the biggest work in professional wrestling. Truthfully, y- yes, he's a devil in sheep's clothing. I know. I don't think MJF is headed anywhere near WWE because realistically, like MJF, the stuff that he's doing with Adam Cole is showing everybody that he could be in WWE and and be okay. But for me, that that character, that persona is built for all elite wrestling. That's one guy that I would throw the bag at if I'm AEW. And I don't, I would match any offer that WWE comes with or, and maybe even succeed um, and go above and beyond that offer so that he doesn't even think about going to World Wrestling Entertainment. There's a couple of guys in WWE who should hightail it to AEW. They are the Viking Raiders, one of them. They yeah. are the OC, maybe. They are Shinsuke Nakamura. There's a there's a lot. But AEW should never allow him to have to even sniff a WWE contract because realistically, I'm not sure that character fully works with WWE's brand behind it. Yeah, he's going to make the bag, though. No matter what, he's going to have a legitimate bidding war. I don't even think that's a, a fucking story st- staying on AEW television. I think that's going to legitimately be a, the reality. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be the highest paid wrestler in the industry. But I do think he's going to jump ship. You don't think he's going to jump ship? No. I think it's the biggest work in professional wrestling. I think he's going to get that contract. I don't think his contract status is a work, but I think MJF knows because the man is a wrestling savant. I think he knows that what he wants to accomplish, I don't know if he could, everyone wants to work for WWE, whether they want to come on television or not. And the people who say they they don't have already been there in some way, shape or form. Okay. But everyone wants to main event in WrestleMania who gets into the industry. Um, and they all want to probably be on the global juggernaut that is WWE. But I think a, some of these guys and girls now will absolutely take the money and allow their artistic freedom and creativity to uh, take full reign over an AEW because you're not getting that in WWE. It doesn't matter what they promise you. They be WWE. You're not getting the full reign that you get majority of the time in AEW. Yeah, I know we we all feel like this MJF Adam Cole thing is uh, leading to a breakup on uh, on Saturday night. Very much looking forward to that against FTR for the tag team titles. Probably going to be the match at All In. What are we looking oh. at with CM Punk, bro? I mean, uh, on Collision, it wasn't a newsworthy show. It was a solid show on Saturday night. Ricky Starks got the victory in that tag team match by pinning Darby, and he pulled out the same thing that he did against Punk a week prior in the finals of the Owen Cup. Are we looking at CM Punk versus Ricky Starks at All In? God, I hope not. No offense to both those guys. I'm a, I, Listen, love CM Punk, love Ricky Starks. That's one guy, uh, Ricky Starks, who I think is WWE bound. Yep. But I, I just, no, no. Um, you know, the Abushi thing to me is, uh, is crazy too. Like he's going to be sticking around and it seems as if they're going to go, they being AW with the Golden Lovers as a tag team. And I think that they're going to have a tag match at all in against whoever Callis's new family is. That's a miss. Punk and Starks is a miss at all in. And so is Kenny Omega and Abushi tagging against whomever the hell Callis's new family members are. No, thank you. You have the matches that you should put on that card. And I don't care if these boys don't know how to do business. Fucking make them. You're making me worried now, man, with what you just said. I mean, holy shit, like, what are we doing? Exactly right. I mean, listen, All In has the potential to be groundbreaking. It has the potential to shake the wrestling landscape. Close to 80,000 people are going to descend on Wembley Stadium in the United Kingdom at London on a Sunday night in August. They should give the matches that everybody wants to see and don't tell me you don't know what they are because you do and we don't need the six-man tag match give me kenny and punk 
or give me Kenny and Hangman or uh, Punk and Hangman and give me FTR versus the Young Bucks. And then have your sixth man in Chicago. Do we possibly get Kenny, Coda, and Hangman against FTR and CM Punk because the Bucks refuse to work with CM Punk? Hmm. Kenny Omega, you know, I, I don't. I, from what I know, uh, Kenny Omega doesn't have a problem with Punk. He wants to apologize, and they want to kind of squash the thing. Bucks may not want to do that. Punk wants to move on and work with everybody. But do we see that instead of the Young Bucks getting involved? I would love that. That 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 I would love. If you want to take out the Bucks. And then you want to make some bucks and you want to throw in, you know, Kenny and or the Golden Lovers. I'm in for it. I, you know, I think Punk and Hangman Page have some legitimate beef. And I don't know if that'll ever be squashed. And I don't think Punk really likes Hangman. I think business is business. But man, Kenny versus CM Punk at all in is enough for me to want to buy the stream wherever it is. Well, what about, uh, I mean, we're also looking at Osprey too. I mean, Osprey I Omega in round three for the United States Championship. I mean, I mean, you could go, there's so many different avenues that we could go. It's like, I don't know what Tony Khan's got planned for the card, but, you know, what you raised genuinely has me concerned because now we're four weeks away and mm -hmm. we have not one single match and there are multiple varieties of matches that we could do. And how is he going to translate this to all out? Just literally a week later, it's like, I mean, I could see Jay White for CM Punk. I could see that yeah. happening. I don't, that, that wouldn't bother me at all either. But Punk needs to be in a major singles match, not named Ricky Starks. We've already seen it on free television. It was, you know, he won by he being Ricky Starks by rolling out. They kept Punk strong. Starks is now off to the races as a heel, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I just, again, what Kenny Omega match do you really want? You want him in a tag match against Callis's new family members? Or do you want Kenny versus Punk at Wembley Stadium? Because I mean, let's I, let's let's not downgrade to Keshta versus Omega. I think that could be uh, a modern day. I, I think that legitimately could be AEW's version of Okada and uh, Omega. What was the opponent? Takeshta. Oh yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, I think we're going to see Kenny and uh, Bushi taking on uh, Takeshna and somebody else, probably Jericho, which I think is might be a miss too. I mean, just have the Jericho Sting match. Have Sting's last match at Wembley Stadium. Yeah. If it sucks, it sucks. Whatever, you know. I mean, let it. Let, let's just have that. I think there's a lot of things that AEW is going to be put on the microscope for this big event. And if they don't book it the right way, I think it might be the ticket sales and the buys will not be viewed as a flop. But what comes out of that, and what goes into it might be viewed as something where, like, man, they missed the ball with a lot. Well, the long-term ramifications of that, man, you got to get those people's trust right away. I mean, if you put on a shit card and don't give them what they expect and, and deliver, who's going to show up to All In again at, at, uh, at a location like that, you know, that's not Wembley? Who's to say they don't run the O2 or or they go to uh, Cardiff or something like that? I, don't, I mean, you got to build the trust there. If they don't deliver a card, who's going to want to fly out there? Who's going to want to go pay money to go sit there? Yeah, you only get one shot to make history. Yeah. And if you don't deliver... Mm -mm -mm. All in delivered. All yeah. out. The first all out was fantastic. Yeah. It delivered. Yeah. Don't fuck this up. Uh, Roosh, they didn't fuck that up, man. Roosh signed, oh. uh, re-signed with AEW. Looks like he's headed for uh, AEW Collision. CM Punk kind of teased it on his Instagram stories today. Uh, I'm assuming he'll be aligned with Andrade as Andrade's taking on Buddy Matthews on Saturday night in a ladder match for the mask. Uh, I can't wait to see that. That should be a banger. Uh, but uh, Roosh signing with AEW, I think that's the good thing. A lot of people had uh, already uh, thought he was headed towards WWE, and they were coming up with dream matches with Roosh and WWE. It's like, let, let's slow the brakes a little bit. I mean, Roosh would be fantastic in a match with Ilya Dragunov and a Braun Breaker and a Carmelo Hayes and a Gunther and a McIntyre. Great. But he's had, he had unfinished business. 
Tony Khan signed him to a multi-year deal. I think that was the right move here. And Roosh, the, the, the funny thing is, Roosh wanted a one-year deal because he wanted to prove himself to Tony Khan on American soil working in a, in a United States promotion. He did, and now hopefully he gets paid for it, and he gives us a little bit more of Roosh on Saturday night. What do you think of this move? Uh, I think it was a smart move for Roosh and his camp. Uh, resigning with AW was the 100% move that I I saw um, him making, him being Roosh. I do not think that – I mean, listen, I think WWE can absolutely – you know, do a lot of great things with a lot of great talent. But this was one where I was just like, nah, this just fits AEW. And maybe Roosh goes there in a year from now, WWE. Who knows? I'm just saying I liked what uh, AEW gave Roosh uh, and will hopefully continue to give Roosh, truthfully. So I think it was a smart move. Yeah, who, who who they have him lined up? Obviously, Andrade. Maybe they bring in Drellistico. That triple uh, that, that trios match with the House of Black is certainly on the horizon. Uh, so we will see what happens there. Uh, blood and Guts. What would you think of Blood and Guts, man? I thought it was the best one yet. I thought Boston killed it. I thought it was probably the, from top to bottom, the most, I would say, complete episode of AEW Dynamite. I, I, I love the shit with MJF and Adam Cole. I thought the Blood and Guts was perfect. It was just the right amount of violence. It wasn't overly aggressive. They pulled out shit and did things that I did not expect them to, which is I, which I always appreciate because it's so difficult to be different in those types of matches, being that we've seen everything. Uh, I thought everybody killed it in there, and I love the ending. I love Moxley being handcuffed, and I loved him kind of tapping out for you to who was being choked on the rope by a big uh, steel chain. The only thing I didn't like, Rose, Cody Ibushi, man, he looked uh, he looked a little off on uh, on Wednesday night. Oh, I don't know if it was ring rust or if it was like maybe he's off uh, off the substance or something, man. I don't know, man. He looked a little a little different. Not you too, huh? Give the, <laughs> give the guy some time. God damn, we're just know, like, man. hey, you know what? That guy who was a legend over in Japan. Former world. We might have lost Drew, I think. We might have lost Drew. I'm here. Oh, there you are. There you are. There you are. are. Okay. So, um,. It wouldn't be a show without technical difficulties. But I think we just need to give him some time. That's his first time over in the States, right? Yeah. All right, so let's just give it a couple weeks, months. You know, I let things play out with with the other brand, and or the other company, and I'm going to let this one play out too. I think Ibushi at times, sure, did not look great, but at the end of the day, I think he's getting acclimated. It was two fucking rings. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's not an easy match to work in, so let's just chill out. Let's see what happens. Well, the blood and guts match was exactly that. It was a lot of blood and guts. The Boston crowd was extremely bloodthirsty, reminded me of an old ECW crowd. At times, I thought they were irrational. And those boys, man, there were a lot of things I thought I'd never seen in a professional wrestling ring, especially on national television. Falling on shards of glass and a nail bed was not something I'd ever thought I would see. And I will say that Moxley quitting um, for his partner I thought was Yuta was very interesting. Yeah. And I think that leads to some drama. So it ended, started with a bang, um, that being dynamite and ended with a cliffhanger. Um, and you know, besides Jack Perry's music being absolutely garbage, uh, the start to that <laughs> AW show was, was fine. I, the, am, I, I actually didn't mind it, but it's definitely going to take a lot to get used to. I mean, man, he should have just come out to the old nine Oh two and theme at that point. You know? Yeah, you know what? I know what he was trying to do. He was trying to piss off the crowd and stuff yeah. like that. But I think the 902 and O theme would have been a real banger. I mean, um, and that that's the you can see like that's the creativity that's got money written all over it. But I, to me, the I think it's Beethoven. Yeah, Beethoven's fifth. Yeah, stupid. 
That's got to be a Tony Khan thing. I don't know. I, I'd love to ask that in a fucking media scrum or on a conference call. Like, who came up with that idea? Uh, but I thought the blood and guts was great. Uh, what'd you make of the, uh, I, I would say, the hysteria online? A lot of people were talking about this, too, after the match was over. It wasn't televised. They all kind of shook hands in some some sort of camaraderie in, in a sign of respect. I mean, people made a big deal about that. Claudio says maybe it should have been televised because that's what the Blackpool Combat Club is all about. What'd you make of that? Um, listen, I think those guys, all of them, put their bodies on the line for each other and tried to deliver for that crowd, and they did. And if they want to shake hands after it, shut up, not a big deal, and move on. And for all you idiots in the chat that say I'm a WWE apologist, no, I'm not. I don't where apologize. Do they, where, for did, where do they get that on their show tonight? I don't, I, I don't know. I, listen, I don't care. I'm just saying, listen, when WWE does something stupid, I'm the first one to say that's stupid. But WWE has built a billion-dollar empire. So... They're not, they're not stupid. Sometimes their storylines are, but their business moves are not stupid. Um, but no, I have no problem with that. None. Because they entertained all of that crowd and the people watching at home. And I think it was done off air. It was I, done off air. And you just, right, gave so the perf- you just gave the perfect answer, too. I mean, they just went fucking 45 minutes and basically killed each other. Why not? Right. Why not? I mean, so stupid. Social media yeah, is so dumb. stupid. Uh, Billy Gunn, bro. What would you think of this Billy Gunn teasing retirement after the loss to the House of Black on Saturday night? Are we, uh, are we getting a breakup of Billy and the Acclaimed coming? I, I just don't believe it yet. You know, I always thought that Billy would turn on the Acclaimed and help his sons yeah. win the tag team championships, but they already did that. So not the turn, but, uh, you know, the guns winning the tag team titles. So I, I don't know what Billy has left to prove. I mean, he started in 89 and was wrestling on WWE television in the 90s. The 2000s, the 2010s, he wrestled in AW in 2020s, and he's still on AW. That's insane. Billy has nothing left to prove, and if he wants to hang him up, I wish him the best in his post-in-ring career, which will be absolutely either with AW as a producer or with WWE as an agent or producer, and I wish Billy Gunn and his family the absolute best. I watched that on Saturday. I'm like, holy shit, man. The acclaimed, how they uh, have kind of fallen from grace. They were the hottest tag team in the industry with the scissoring. And that kind of really, that kind of really got put on ice. It's not as, uh, it's not as over anymore. I mean, it's over, but it's not as hot as it used to be. And daddy S was a big, a big reason for that. You know, what are they going to do without daddy S? I mean, they're great on their own, but I think daddy S kind of gave them the push over the top that they needed. I think. Daddy S was a huge part of the acclaim, like you said, and getting over. And now I think they want the acclaim. And I think Billy wants the acclaim to shine on their yeah. own. And let's see what these guys are made of. So there you go. Uh, one SmackDown note. Uh, I, 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 know, I don't know if we talked about this earlier, but uh, Santos and Rey Mysterio with this match coming up on Friday. Do you see it being just one-on-one baby face versus baby face? Or are we uh, in typical Vince McMahon Lee break up all these factions that Triple H put together mode? No, no, I don't think they're going to break up the LW up. They're selling some merch. I think there's a little bit more money to be made. There's some all. There's a, a bunch of talent in the LWO that is kind of like fallen off in terms of like air. I don't know why. Like that. Well, I don't know why either. Because first of all, Legado de Fantasma was fantastic, and they it, even on the main roster they were fantastic. And I love that Santos had that kind of like um, Breaking Bad yes. cartel-ish vibe, and I think we should head back to that. Um, but I think the LWO, you know, when they were heading into Puerto Rico, they knew they were going to be faces and everything else like that. So it was smart. And um, 
I, I don't see the breakup. I think this is going to be a very much a respect thing. I think Ray's going to shake hands with Santos afterwards and kind of give him the torch um, for Mexico and the Lucha Libre culture. Are we, uh, are we looking at a potential WrestleMania match between these two? Is this like a, a little appetizer to wet everybody's uh, taste palate? I thought that Ray should have retired after putting his son over at WrestleMania, which he didn't do. So um, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good one, though. I don't know. That's a WrestleMania match on my card. I'll tell you uh, that right listen, now. That's a WrestleMania dream match. We're getting it on SmackDown. So maybe if it is Ray's last match, maybe it's the mass versus career. Yeah. Um, that type of stuff. It would work, especially in Philly. Again, guys and girls, Philadelphia is a crowd just like New York. That is not going to put up with garbage Bullshit. matches. Yes. Yeah. Not going to happen. And WWE knows it. Uh, injury bug bites WWE, especially on Monday Night Raw. We talked about Kevin Owens. Uh, hopefully, that's uh, just a, a little little minor thing, and he's going to be back. Bailey was injured as well. She's on Friday night. That uh, thankfully is not as serious. Liv Morgan also injured. She's got a bum shoulder. Liv Morgan seems to be uh, out every other week, so I don't know what's going to happen there. It looks like Rhea is setting up a match with Raquel Rodriguez at SummerSlam, or Maybe not SummerSlam. Maybe it takes place on the go-home show on Monday Night Raw or the following Monday night. We don't really know. SummerSlam's got a loaded card as it is. Uh, but that's coming out of Monday Night Raw. Raw, to me, wasn't really all that special. I thought it was uh, basically the same show that we saw uh, three straight weeks. So that it's like they're not really doing anything else exciting to get me excited about SummerSlam. But Ronda and Shayna, Drew, this is the last thing we'll end with here. Uh, apparently, they mentioned the word fight. You know, it's going to be a fight at SummerSlam. Are we heading towards a fight pit? Because I think the match needs it. And if it does, it could be one of the Steeler matches of the entire night, if it is. Well, the SummerSlam setup, both stage and ring and ramp and everything, is going to be very similar to what we've seen in the past with a small entranceway, yep. um, which I'm happy WWE is doing. And you could easily fit a fight pit in the left to right corner. So, yeah, I could see it. Don't hate it. Um, they could even do a fight pit off-site. Um, and kind of do like the whole MMA vibe. And I feel like that's exactly where we're headed. And this match needs it. Uh, Ronda is wrapping up. There's no doubt about that. Ronda is going to be done with WWE probably sooner rather than later. Wouldn't be surprised if 40 is it for her, her being Ronda Rousey. So we will have to wait and see. But yes, I think the fight pit is the way to go. You don't think she? Le- you don't think she's done after SummerSlam? What's what's for WrestleMania? What, what is with her and WrestleMania? I guess we'll have to wait and see. As long as it's not Becky. <laughs> that's the match she wants man i don't care for it uh anyway guys uh thank you very much for joining us here on episode number six we're gonna get into these super chats you guys have been incredibly generous tonight hopefully you enjoyed the show follow me on social media at jd from ny206 you see on screen right there you can follow drew at andrew Baydala on twitter as well and uh i don't know man uh i uh are we doing SummerSlam? I don't know. What do we got going on for SummerSlam? I don't know. Yeah, we do SummerSlam. I don't know. Kind of gave it You want to go to Detroit? Let's go. I don't really want to go to Detroit, but. You want to do mean. a show? I'm here for it. I know yeah. this is your favorite show. Sorry, Jesse. Yeah. It's just the yeah. truth. Well. <laughs> I heard you say, somebody clipped me that you were like, <laughs> you know, Tuesday is becoming my favorite show. And Jesse's like, I'm sitting right here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jesse gets his own type of heat on Wednesday nights because uh, everybody thinks he's a punk hater, but. Um, anyway, guys, let's get into these super chats. Uh, I want to thank you again for, uh, if my mouse wants to work, there you go. Uh, Lord J. Coyle with a $2 super chat. Raw, 48 minutes of wrestling and 50 minutes of commercials. 
He's accurate. I mean, it is what it is, man. It's just Monday. MGM Bowling with a 499. TNT is very good. Pick is a very good pick me up. Thank you both for being there when a man is down. I'm sorry to hear Any, that, MGM. Anytime. You know what? Whatever you're going through, I know it might seem like it's it you can't come out of it, you can't crawl out of it, but trust me, there's yeah. light at every tunnel. Bradley Robinette with a 199. When will you play AEW Fight Forever again? I got a busy July, man. Uh, when I get settled and uh, everything kind of goes back to normal, we'll be doing those streams again. Guardians. Catch, uh, have you played that, Andrew? No. What? No. No? You don't, you're not a big uh, wrestling game guy? Or at least give it a try? Uh, I mean, I'm not sitting here telling you that I don't play video games. I have. Yes. I haven't played in a while. But um, I'll play Madden. I'll play NHL. I would give Fight Forever a chance. Um, I like the be a GM mode that WWE had put out years ago, and yeah. I think redid. They don't, and, they don't have that in there. Well, that's a miss. Guardian of Chaos with a 1999. Hang in there, IWC. One day at a time. We all got this. Sending blessings to all of you during these insane times. JD, as always, my brother, you are fair, firm, and consistent. Forever my support. Guardian, I appreciate you, brother, as always. That's Guardian of Chaos? Yeah. You know he was on Jerry Springer? Was he? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Shout He's everywhere. Chaos. Yep. Tenario, one, two, eight with a $5 super chat. JD, did you check out the Abdullah the Butcher Dark Side of the Ring? Bro, I haven't watched Dark Side of the Ring at all this season. I got to catch up on a few of them. Um, I've been watching, uh, I don't know, what was I watching? I was watching, catching up on Dead City with Negan and Maggie, Walking Dead, and I finished Black Mirror this season. I am watching Quarterback on Netflix, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, I was going to watch that the other night, too. It looked pretty good. Her cousins, yeah, and Marcus Mariota. It's very, very good. And I will say this. The Dark Side of the Ring with Bam Bam Bigelow, I will watch. Abdul the Butcher, though. Sorry. Oh, wow. They got one on Bam Bam? They did. Oh, man. It's on tonight. Wow. Tuesday, right? Yeah. Bam Bam, one of my favorites, man. Chris Tiger Harris. This guy drops a $100 super chat. Look at this guy. He says... Giving half of my paycheck to you, J.D., my birthday is this weekend, and overall just been up and down this week with a so-called friend ghosting me and shit. Anyway, happy for you, J.D. Keep up the great work. Chris, I know what it is like to uh, be ghosted, brother. That shit sucks, man. Yeah, you want to know what? Just, you know what? If somebody wants to ghost you, they ain't for you. No. No, that tells you all that you need to know, Chris. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Glad we could be here for you, and uh, hopefully we put a smile on your face tonight. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. If VKM is lazy and uninspired now, wait till Monday Night Football starts back up. And if Roman cannot defend his titles in over 104 days, then Sammy and KO can too. It's hmm. a good point. Um, yes, Vince tends to get lazy with Monday Night Football because he just kind of succumbs to the ratings juggernaut that Monday Night Football is. But hopefully... If Roman is taking a backseat, like Drew said, and not going to be working those major shows this fall, and Cody's got to be on TV, they need something there to really kind of offset Roman not being there. And the first game of Monday Night Football is the New York Jets versus the Buffalo Bills, and it's Rodgers' debut mm. for the Jets. That's going to be tough to compete with. It's September 11th, too. It is going to be tough to compete with that for WWE. And if I'm WWE, I don't even try and stack that sucker because I don't think you win. Wow, September 11th, they got two New York teams playing football on that day? Wow. Right. Nate, head of talent TV, 12 months. Brett, thank you, man. 12 months, JD. No trolls today. I have a question. If NXT TakeOver did not end with 36, which TakeOver would you have ended TakeOver with? For me, it would be TakeOver New York. Wow. TakeOver New York is the perfect TakeOver, man. That was my favorite of them all. You know? 
I was at a bunch of those takeovers. Um, I would say my most memorable takeover was uh, the one where Cole debuted. Okay. Was Brooklyn four, maybe? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was a good one, too. Yeah, Yeah. all those Brooklyn shows were great. But yeah, Takeover New York is the pinnacle, brother. Yeah. Wallach Wall with a 1999. Good to see you guys again. We'll love to see Limitless Keith Lee back in WWE. If Triple H is reinstated as head of creative, well, he is head of creative, but, uh, you know, how much power he has, we, we don't really know, Wallach. Uh, imagine Keith Lee versus Gunther for the IC title. It's a shame he wasn't treated as a megastar. God bless. Yeah, they fucked him up. And, and Tony Khan ain't doing no better, man. I'm not giving TK a pass. I'm going to hide over here. <laughs> Miles Marable with a 199. L.A. posted on his IG story that he's number one in merch sales. Probably true. Wow. Trust me, man. It's not going to be overlooked. You know, I think Drew has a point. Let, let's let's give it some time. But, man, that that, that I think that they dropped the ball on that Friday night. I really do. United States title is the least they could do for him. You assholes would have been like, you should be the world champion. No, the no, champion. not me, man. I don't know who you're talking about. All right. Jarrett Howard with a four in Super Chat. Seth versus Cody, no title. Randy versus Cody, in that order. Roman has to be a payback three-year anniversary. Oh, you guys with this payback anniversary shit. Do you I, think WWE really cares about that? I don't think they I do. I don't think so. And Cody says he doesn't want to wrestle Seth Rollins ever again. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Why do we want to see a match number four? I don't. Tonight, you don't want to see three matches with Lesnar. You guys want to see four with no, Seth? No, no. Scenario 128 with a $2 Super Chat. JD, were you a fan of the Terminator movies? Yes, Terminator 2 is one of my favorite movies of all time. So random, but I like it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the Three Kings with the 12 months. JD finally made it to the year of drinking cold ones and watching the best wrestling show on the net. Thank you, JD and the OTS family. Thank you, Kings. Appreciate it, man. Loving that you guys love uh, the show on Tuesday night. And Stephen Brewer... With the final Super Chat tonight, the best trio in the IWC. We got JD, we got Andrew, and we got Jesse on Wednesdays. Keep up the good work with a six-month membership. Thank you, Stephen Brewer. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate the um, the best trios. I, I would agree. Yeah. If there was trios titles, they're right there. They'd, they'd be the champions. We should uh, take this show on the road one time, all three of us. You guys into that? Maybe a couple times? Nah, listen, live- man, we got, um, uh, the, when when you're here, you know, when you make uh, your way back over here, Grand Slam may be an option, man. We'll see. You Let's know? We'll figure something out. Uh, any parting words, man, before we get the hell out of here? No, enjoy yourselves. Love your family. And uh, what's most important in life, make sure you take care of. There you go. Guys, we'll see you next week for episode seven. Next time you see me, we'll be live tomorrow night with Jesse. We got AEW. Hopefully, TK announces some all-in matches. Nope. Should be a big show. No, no all-in matches. I hope so. Uh, and then Saturday, we got Collision. We got that big uh, tag team title match with FTR, MJF, Adam Cole, and then obviously SmackDown on Friday. So we got a big week still to come. I appreciate you guys very much, man. Thank you for all the support on Tuesday nights. And we will see you next week for episode number seven right here on Tuesday Night Titans. We'll see you guys later.